0: Hi and welcome to the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 43, where in the midst of summer, we're about to start talking about saving for Christmas. That's coming up in moments. But also in our previous episodes, we've covered mortgages, insurances, pensions, investments, help to buy schemes and loads more. You name it, we've done it pretty much. And last week, we asked, could you survive without an income? and the world of income protection. We can drill down and look at pretty much anything forensically, but if you have a general financial query, first place to look is probably our back catalogue. Search at the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll find us there. An enormous resource, all available for free. Find our previous shows after listening to this one and have a binge on what you need. While you're there, if you could rate and review us, for instance, you could tell us what we need to address to help you out, and follow the show and then that way you'll get that episode when we record it next time i'm john ellis with me as always the star of the show it's phil anderson hi phil hi john how are you i'm good thank you phil it, it's summer I'm, I'm holding out for the holy grail in scotland the are two sunny days in a row and the prospect that i can you know go get my tan from blue
1: to white and, and you want to talk about saving for christmas I know, you might think it's a strange thing to speak about in the, the middle of the year, and they always say Christmas gets earlier every year, but um, <laughs> I guess it is earlier if we're, we're speaking about it now, but it, is, it may seem a strange topic for, for some when, when we're going out in July, but I, I don't know, I just thought it was a good time to, to speak about it, try and get us prepared as prepared as we can. To be honest, we maybe should have done this one a few months back, yeah. but still a, a good time to, to speak about things and, and try and get people prepared for, for Christmas time.
0: Yeah. I, I suppose you, you do see the ads and it, literally just after Christmas talking about saving up for the following year. Why looking at this in the, in the
1: summertime though? I, I don't know. Like, as I say, Christmas tends to come around sort of earlier every year. I, I know some people that start planning almost like in the January sales, they start saying, right, I'll start getting presents for, for next year. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe that's just too organized. That for, for me, I wouldn't want to do, I mean, I can see why people would want to try and get a discount on goods and, and buy things when they, they feel they're a wee bit cheaper. But fashion's change, the, the trendiest toys change. So I know for me, I always tend to leave it more till the last minute. But this year, I'm hoping to be a little bit more organized. So I, I think it's, it's a good time to start planning for Christmas. And the, the earlier you start to save, the better you can plan for it. If you leave things until the last minute, it's easy to become overwhelmed. Christmas should be a time to relax and unwind with your family, and it shouldn't be a time for being stressed and and having money worries. I'll tell you, uh, you know, just before the end of today's podcast, Phil, just before the end of today's, I will tell you
0: the money-saving tip that a member of the Abaddonian end of my family once gave me about christmas and i don't know if you've heard it before but i'll tell you before the end of the show and it will save you money it's just i think you've got to have a brass neck to go and do it anyways <laughs> uh, i have heard of before and i mentioned that a moment ago the ads which come on usually just after christmas talking about having a, a great time next festive season and i think those ads are, are, are sort of plugging christmas savings clubs tell me a little bit about um, the pros and cons of them phil
1: yeah, I mean, Christmas savings clubs in, in the past had always been fairly popular. I mean, you, they were offered by some employers would offer them, certain community groups, clubs. You'll find that local retailers sometimes, national retailers would, would do it. And then you actually have Christmas club companies. So that, that's another one. Probably the highest profile Christmas club was the Hamper Firm Fair Pack. They famously went bust, I think it was in 2006. Mm. So it was quite a, a while ago. But I, I even remember from from back around about that time, it made the the kind of national news. I think there was about a hundred thousand people lost money because they went down the pan customers lost on average 400 pound each so that's a fair amount of money that that disappeared some people lost as much as 2000 pounds so it it was quite an expensive thing and one of the big things highlighted with the fair pack collapse was the, the lack of protection for the consumer if you save in a bank account you're protected by the what's called the financial services compensation scheme so if you're investing in a savings account with a bank or building society, you've got that level of protection there, whereas you don't have that with the, the Christmas clubs. They're not authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority either. So again, another thing there is, if, if you had any complaint, you've no kind of formal or address at, at all. Whereas, again, with the banks and building societies, if you had a problem with any of them, you've got the, the Financial Ombudsman Scheme I was having a look some some of the advantages of the Christmas clubs. One one thing I would say is that there's no temptation to dip into your savings because usually your, your money's away for, for quite a number of months until Christmas comes around. You, you tend to find it's locked away. You'll, you'll start saving usually in the January, and maybe for, for about 10 months or so. And then come October, November, you get that money back to, to spend. Now, one of the disadvantages is that sometimes you've got to, you're tied to that certain retailer if, it, if it's through that, or maybe certain clubs. Another advantage is some some retailers will maybe offer you a discount if you were to join their club. So that could be a, an advantage, but there's also the disadvantages as well. And I mean, I, I'm saying there, you don't have an advantage, no temptation to dip into your savings, but that can also be a disadvantage. The money's not accessible. So if an emergency came up, you you don't have access to that. Another thing with the Christmas clubs is you don't generally tend to get any interest on your savings. So unlike a bank or building society where you you should get some sort of interest paid, the the Christmas clubs don't have that. I I would say the main disadvantage is really that you don't have that protection. Things like the financial services compensation scheme. There there is a a sort of voluntary or or two of the Christmas savings clubs are, are members of What's called the, the Christmas Prepayment Association. It's a self regulatory trade association, and they've got a code of practice. Um, the only two members of that are Park Christmas Savings and the Variety Christmas Savings Club. But again, that's a, a sort of voluntary code, so you, you don't have the same level of protection there. So there, there's a lot to think about if you are looking at using some of these Christmas clubs for, for saving. And given the, the, the
0: misfortune of Fairpack, as you mentioned in 2006, are there still a lot of those clubs around, or, or you know, have they sort of, a lot of them fallen by the wayside now?
1: Yeah, not so many these days. I mean, I, I guess one of the good things is they're encouraging people to save, but the downside is that you don't have that protection. I think what happened with Fairpack was it, it wasn't so much them, it was somebody they, they used to sell, I think, a lot of vouchers. You, you would save up and I think one of the companies that they issued the vouchers for, they they went bust and it had just a, a kind of knock-on effect. Mm. So I think that's what happened to them. But th- there are still these clubs out there. I, I think I, I mentioned there was that Park was was one mm-hmm. of them. I, I seem to recall last year reading an article that they were struggling at, at one point in time as well. So I, I don't know. I mean, if, if it was me, I, I would probably look for some alternative ways to to save some some of the the big supermarkets do kind of like saving stamps and, and things the, the post office have, have got alternatives as, as well for me if, if i'm looking to save money i would prefer just knowing that it's going into somewhere where if that company went bust for any reason you've got that sort of financial protection so i know me personally i would tend to look at maybe options with the banks building societies some other kind of things is, is what i would be looking at there
0: Let's do that then. The other ways of saving for Christmas, Phil, which maybe aren't specifically targeted with that in mind, but which you can use for that purpose if you're organised enough and you're committed.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I would say you, you've got cash ISAs. I mean, with, with them, you learn an, an interest rate. Now, at the minute, interest rates are, are quite low. So... It's not going to be the most attractive rates that that you get, but with that, you are protected by the Financial Services Compensation Scheme. Another advantage of your ISAs as well is that you've no tax to to pay. So I I would certainly consider cash ISAs. You're allowed to save up to £20,000 in this tax year into one of them. Any interest you make, you've no capital gains tax to pay or or no income tax to to pay on any gains you make on your, your cash ISAs. You could say stocks and shares ISAs, but generally I would tend to see them more as a longer-term investment. They they usually with stocks and shares it can be more volatile. So I'd be tending to not to steer people in that direction. Another option is credit unions, and and some of the credit unions have kind of specific accounts for kind of Christmas savings as well. One of the good things with credit unions is, that, again, you are protected with the financial services compensation scheme. So that is one of the, the advantages of them. You, you've got your sort of standard bank and building society accounts. And again, they offer the, the compensation scheme protection there. So that's another option. The downside at the minute is that interest rates are pretty poor. I, I keep seeing adverts coming up on Facebook just now offering ISAs at a rate of like fixed rate, 7.5%, but be wary of all of that things. You'll you'll tend to find, not so much scams, but a lot of that things aren't great. So if it sounds too good to be true, it, it quite often is. Another option that you could do, supermarket savings schemes. Sometimes these can offer a bonus if, if you save certain amounts as well. Again, I mean, supermarkets could go bust, but big, big firms you, you would hope would be fairly secure but you with the supermarket saving schemes you didn't have that same level of protection either although some of the supermarkets have, have got banking arms so like you've got Sainsbury's Bank and, and things like that like Tesco has a, a bank mm-hmm. as well so some of the schemes you may have protection if it was through through that banking arm but in general that that schemes don't have the same protection either. I suppose however
0: you're planning on saving one of the one of the key things you need to know is exactly how much you've got to reach so you can then sort of work back divide it down to how much you're putting away every week or every month so how much should we save or, or what element should we cover here phil is it just presents or,
1: or food maybe traveling costs if you're going to somebody else's for christmas what what all do we have to cover i know i, I think that's a good point john it's not just about kind of presents i know for me i i usually make a, a list of, of all the people i'm going to buy to and then i'll kind of say right what's my my budget i'll try and set a budget to say right maybe these people will spend this amount on the next tier. it'll be this amount, but you're right, John, That there's so much more to consider than, than just the cost of gifts. I mean, if, if you've got relatives, the other end of the country, you, you might want to go and travel to see them. So you might have costs of that. Well, so it, it's important to budget for all that type of thing well. as well. I mean, you, you tend to find, unfortunately, every January when the, the credit card statements go out, sadly, the, the Christmas spending seems to, to get more and more each year for, for many people. And (laughs) by planning now and taking action, it's trying to avoid the stresses that that brings in January, is it? Because I I see it, especially at my work every year, people come in 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 January and they're like, right, can we look at remortgaging? How am I going to pay off these credit card debts? And I mean, the credit card debts, the interest rates are, are really high. So if you can save throughout the year to avoid that, you, you definitely want to, to be doing it and I don't know the more you save now the better position you're in to take advantage of any good offers that come along as well you, you'll tend to find I mean nowadays you've got all this cyber monday black friday and if, if you've got a bit of saved up there you, you can take advantage of good deals when when it comes up but sadly a lot of people are, are maxing out the credit cards and, and doing things that way which which isn't great yeah, I hear what you're
0: saying. Every January, my, my credit card bills delivered by uh, eight horses with four carriages, Phil. They just pull up at the front door, and then someone gets a, a roll of paper. They just <laughs> put it through the letterbox. Um, your your top tips then the, the takeaway points for this
1: one, Phil. I, I would say the top tips. Number one, I would always say set up a separate Christmas account. Now, that's one thing. If you are opening accounts with with banks and building societies, you can open more than one. So I I would often say, right, look, have a separate account and and. Pay into that to keep your Christmas savings separate. The second thing I would say is calculate how much you need. Touched on that a few moments ago. And and also just bear in mind that your Christmas expenses aren't just gifts. I mean, if if you're having everyone around for Christmas dinner, you might have a lot of people to buy for. And that could be quite an expense, especially with likes of myself, because I eat an awful lot. So, (laughs) um, But that is, I would say, calculate how much you need to, to save. So if you think, right, Christmas is going to cost me two and a half grand in total for, for everything. You're going to be looking at having to save a couple of hundred pounds a month to, to cover that. One, one of the other tips that I've got for people is look for things such as cashback schemes. The, the one that I use, I have an American Express card, so I, I get my avios or, or kind of air mile points off of that. And I, mean, I, I tend to spend everything as, as much as I can on my American Express card. And if I spend so much each year, I get what's called a companion voucher with British Airways. And last year, I was very fortunate that there was a small window where we were able to travel. And I actually got free flights to Bermuda last year. Saved all my points for a a couple of years, used my companion voucher. And it it was great. We had to pay for the hotel when we were there and and things to spend, but it came at a right welcome time. And we Mm -hmm. were so lucky. We just got that kind of window last year where we managed to get away. Whether we'll get away this year, I mean, the holidays have started again, but for how long for, well, we'll need to just wait and see. Another couple of tips I've got, I would say review your current spending. A good episode to go back to um, podcast number 27. That was saving money for a holiday. There's some really good tips there just for saving in general. Yeah. That that was one. So although that was geared to saving for holidays, there's probably quite a lot in that podcast that's relevant for saving for, for Christmas as well. And then the, the last thing I would say at this point is, Make saving money automatic. See it almost as an expense going out on, on your kind of, when your money comes in, budget for that almost as an expense. Pay the money into that account and then try to, to forget about it. That would be the other tip as well. All good stuff.
0: It's it's discipline as much as anything else, isn't it, Phil? I mean, we, we all get certain about coming in, and I know times are tight, but you always say, well, if you want it enough, you'll find a I way. Know. And, and if Most not, people,
1: you know, I, I know a lot of people whatever they have coming in, they tend to spend it or, or more. And it's easy done. It, it, it's easy for me to sit here and say, look, save. But it does. It's about trying to make your life like less stress at a later point. That That's the main advantages of saving now. And I, I know what it's like myself. I've, I've had big credit card bills in the past. And when you've got that hanging over you, it's not a nice feeling. So by trying to save, take away the, the pain and that sort of anguish and anxiety, worry that you, you would have, should you have the, the debts at that point. Uh,
0: each week, so far as we've covered various topics, Phil's given us a look back over his own life story and how it's been affected by the subjects we've been discussing. So, Phil, today we're talking about saving for Christmas. What have you got on that?
1: Like I said earlier, I'm usually like a last-minute shopping man. Uh, many a Christmas Eve I've spent kind of in town looking for the last-minute gifts, um, and it can be quite stressful. The shops are usually heaving at that point, really busy and It's neither best, or I certainly don't find it the the best experience because I'm nearly a man that likes shopping. I tend to try and do a wee bit more online these days and try to be a wee bit more organized. Um, This year, I've been planning early. I've got separate accounts set up, and in that, I save for my holidays, and I also have it for my Christmas money as well. I've got six boys, so Christmas can be quite an expensive time for me, so I I can vouch for, for planning early because, I mean, this year, I've got quite a bit saved in that account already for for holidays and for for Christmas money, so that's myself. But but what was your story that you were were going to mention, John?
0: Oh yeah, So th- this this uh, filtered back to me from a member of my extended family, my wife's side, I should say. It, it was it was something that just happened every year as a matter of course. And it was it was shown, uh, you know, down through the families, and it was a way of uh, getting a few quid back at Christmas. Was whatever you got given always put the receipt in with the present, you know, in case someone doesn't like it. So they would go back on Boxing Day when the sale started and they put the stuff back, you know, they, they, they get get their money back because it would be reduced and they go and buy it straight off the peg again and they put it through the till. So they would come home with exactly what they received for Christmas and about... Four 40 quid extra oh and they crazy. got back on savings <laughs> <laughs> i mean i personally would be seen dead near the shops yeah. on boxing day but you know if you're if you're wanting that 40 quid you know could be a could be a meal it could be a night out could be anything but uh, that oh, was yeah. that was that was their tip uh, we always do this bit as well phil you find inspiration through various folk that you admire and you do love a quote have
1: you got one that fits our subject matter For the episode on saving for Christmas. I do. The the quote this week is from Dave Ramsey. Christmas is not an emergency. It doesn't sneak up on you. Lack of planning is not an excuse to use credit cards.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Now, Phil is really keen on
1: trying to help you with your financial queries. If you
0: want to email a question to us, please do. And as always, we can ask them anonymously if you'd prefer us to. Let's get on to this week's contact details coming up and I'll give it to you after these. Our first question is from Nicola in Sterling, uh, And she asks, I'm looking to buy somewhere with my partner. Up until now, I've only ever rented, but he's got his own place to sell first. Should we go for a joint mortgage or one in either of our names but with both of us contributing.
1: What I would say here is it might depend on whether you can get a mortgage in your own name or not. Lenders will have criteria um, that you would have to meet before they'll lend to you. But what I would say, because uh, the, the usual answer for me, I'm often saying to folk go and speak to a whole of market mortgage broker, but <laughs> it, it really depends on all the ins and outs of your circumstances. Maybe doable, maybe not. But if you sit down with a whole of market mortgage broker, they'll be able to work everything out, go through some of the pros, some of the cons. So that, that's what I would say in, in that situation. Okay, I, I wondered about
0: the fact that because you don't have your rented, Phil, if she might be able to get help to buy or, or something of that nature, yeah, if it's her that, first that's home. It.
1: It, for first-time buyers, yeah. I mean, you the advantage of some of that low-cost housing schemes. Earlier in the year, we had the first home fund. Unfortunately, the funds for that ran out within just a week. Really quick, don't they? Yeah, nuts and... It used to be like some lenders used to offer slightly better deals to first-time buyers, but that tends not really to be the the case just now. The other thing that they would need to weigh up is, again, the affordability. Like if if they've still got another place and it's on the market to sell, will they rent it out? Will they have a mortgage to pay on that one? So there's probably quite a number of things to consider in that instance. Okay.
0: All right. Um, Next is Bob who says, Hi, Phil, I'm 55, and I've heard you mention before the age for accessing your pension it's about to change at some point soon. Will this affect me directly as I have my eye in a sports car? I'm only kidding,
1: but I'd like to know what's what. If if you're already 55, then that won't impact you. The state pension age is set to reach 67 by 2028. Now, the age at which you can access your private pensions is currently 55. However, that's expected to rise to 57, and that's in looking at 2028 as well for, for that happening. So... So for Bob, it doesn't affect him. However, uh, for well, state pension age is, is kind of rising, but the age at which he can access his pension ports is, is still 55. So he, he's fine for that. Okay. I'm just thinking, I think I might be one of the ones affected. I'm trying do
0: quick maths of <laughs> my head, but I can never do it with those numbers going past my ears. Uh, I would just say as well, before you get in touch with a question, you might want to take a look at our back catalogue, because we've covered a fair few topics now, and we may have touched on what you're interested in. I'm John Ellis. Thanks for joining us today for the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson. If you feel that you need a helping hand with anything we've been discussing or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or on the Facebook page for the show, search Personal Finance with Phil Anderson. That's Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Facebook. Phil's on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. Or why not email Phil a question he can answer? on a future show. His address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Send him your question and Phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast. And please be assured, as I say, we won't use your real name if that's how you prefer it. Remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us and please subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Then you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it you get all the links you need on phil's social media good luck with your money phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further we'll see you next time thanks for listening thanks
1: john